Welcome to The Great Divorce Podcast, hosted by divorce financial analyst and retirement planning counselor, Andrew Hatherly. Join Andrew and guest experts as they help late life divorcees build the financial and mental foundation for a meaningful future. There is life after divorce. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of The Great Divorce Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Carol Hughes. Dr. Hughes holds her doctoral degree in clinical psychology, achieving both summa cum laude and Phi Beta Kappa honors. She is also a two-time Fulbright scholar, a California-licensed marriage and family therapist and family-focused divorce professional. She works with children, adolescents, and adults in her private practice in Laguna Hills, California. As a therapist, co-parenting and child specialist, divorce coach, and mediator, she has assisted hundreds of families experiencing separation and divorce. In addition to publishing numerous divorce-related articles and blogs that are available on her family-focused divorce website, divorcepeacemaking.com, she is the co-author of Home Will Never Be the Same Again, A Guide for Adult Children of Gray Divorce. She also authors a popular guest blog for Psychology Today called Home Will Never Be the Same Again, Guidance for the Families of Gray Divorce, which has over 450,000 views. Carol, welcome to the Gray Divorce Podcast. Thank you very much, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. Very happy to have you with us today. You know, I really enjoyed your book, Home Will Never Be the Same Again, A Guide for Adult Children of Gray Divorce. What I really appreciate is that you're shedding light on an area of gray divorce that's really been overlooked or even minimized, the impact of gray divorce on adult children. I'm curious, what inspired you to write this? Well, I've always wanted to write books. I've written numbers of articles over the years, and I had not really intended to write this book. Uh, I wrote a blog, several blog articles about adult children of gray divorce and how their parents' divorce affects them. And several years ago, uh, a reporter from the New York Times was doing a series on this very topic. So as the internet is, uh, she found me, uh, found the blog and reached out to me and asked if I'd be willing to be interviewed uh, for her article. Of course, I said yes. And then a number of months later, a, a literary agent from New York, from one of the top literary firms, reached out to me and said, there are no books on this topic. Would you be willing to write a book? And so when something comes to me like that, I say yes, <laughs> So, which I did. And I asked a colleague of mine and friend if he wanted to work with the, the book with me. And the rest is history, as they say. Well, it's terrific when an opportunity to, to write a book comes at you like that on a exactly. silver platter, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and the more I've worked in the divorce field for about 20 years, uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, as a divorce coach, child specialist, and our practice group of professionals that work as teams helping uh, parents go through divorce, uh, the attorneys immediately embrace the idea of an adult child specialist working with the adult children going through divorce. Uh, and so 
I, I began to see more and more how their parents' divorce, their gray divorce was affecting these adult children of all ages from such young ages as 18, all the way up to 60, 65 years old. Uh, their parents, 80 and 85, 90 years old, right. some of them were getting divorced. So it spans many, many decades. And I wanted to give a, a voice to these adult children because the myth in our culture, really in the industrialized world, is that because these children are now, quote, adults, it should not affect them. Their parents' divorce should not affect them. And I don't know about you, Andrew, but for me, I have yet to meet an adult going through divorce, the, the married couple, who didn't have some very painful feelings, even if they wanted the divorce. So why do we have the myth that it will not affect the adult children in some painful ways as well? Well, that's so true. As a matter of fact, I know one of the chapters of your book is it's all about relationships. Yes. And so many studies have been done showing that what truly brings contentment and satisfaction in one's life is the quality of one's relationships. And yes. so much is being thrown into turmoil when your parents are getting divorced, whether you're 10 years old or 40 years old, relationships are being are being challenged and 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 upended. It's it's interesting what you said about I think you you referenced a more enlightened attorney who was interested in the subject of of adult children of gray divorce. I didn't experience such a such enlightenment and I don't see it very often in 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 my world working with divorced couples. Inevitably, an attorney will ask the question at the outset, uh, do you have children? Yes. And this happened in, in my divorce when I was 52. Do you have children? Yes. Um, how old are they? Um, 23 and 27, or whatever the exact ages were. Mm -hmm. And his immediate response was, oh, good, move up, move along. Yes. And I didn't, just to just to give you, I mean, to the ignorance out there, I, I, I said, okay, let's move along. Right. But people, people ignore the impact uh, on, on adult children. So why do you think this is? Why do you think we dismiss or overlook the effect of gray divorce on adult children? I think the primary reason, honestly, and this is not to just uh, throw any uh, negative aspersions toward our current legal system, but our current family law legal system is... Uh, designed to focus on the best interest of the minor children. That's the law in, in all of those 50 states in the U.S. and other uh, countries throughout the industrialized world. And so they're more than happy to say, as you said, move along. The adult children, quote, don't matter. I've had family law attorneys tell me those words that when they, they were just as your attorney <laughs> said, they didn't even think about the adult children because they're thinking through the legal lens, which again is nothing negative toward them or the legal system. That's their training. And then I think the second reason is what parent doesn't want to feel relief that their children are going to be okay. And so it's very easy to be seduced into thinking that, well, my children are adults, they're on with their lives now they'll be okay without giving it any further thought, as you said, you did. <laughs> right. Perhaps we could get into the unique challenges 
that adult children contend with that don't necessarily affect younger children of divorce. Can you give us an overview of, of, of the key issues that you see adult children of, of divorce facing? Sure. And some of them are similar to the minor children. Uh, and there's there's been research starting in about 1989. A few forward-thinking researchers did do some research with adult children of divorce. Um, and one of the themes that came about, and I've certainly heard this in my practice, is adult children saying, uh, I'm not minimizing what minor children go through, but frankly, I think I'm dealing with more than they are because I've been in this family for a lot longer. And I have all these relationships, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Andrew, uh, family relationships, extended family, community, all of that. Uh, and so it's more of a loss because I have more years of loss. Um, one, one common refrain that we hear and the research indicates to adult children saying is, it felt like my whole world ended in an instant. Mm -hmm. uh, when I heard my parents saying they were getting divorced for whatever reasons, even if I thought they were going to get divorced one day as I was growing up, there was contention between them, or if they seemed like a happy marriage, it's still a shock. Uh, they use phrases like, uh, it felt like an earthquake happened and my family was sucked into earthquake faults. Uh, a tsunami hit my family, hit me. Um, and then the loneliness that adult children report because of our cultural myth that they should be fine. And even their own peer group telling them, well, aren't you glad you weren't five or six? You're a lot older now, so just roll with it. Um, then also there are, depending on the developmental stages that the adult children are in, there are unique issues for each of those developmental stages. And what I'm sharing is not exclusive, of course, um, the younger adult children, 18, 20s, a lot of them are still financially and even emotionally dependent on their parents in many ways. A lot of them fear, and it actually happens, that they have to drop out of if they're in college or some trade school uh, or even get a second job to help their parents if there were financial issues with the parents. You know, most adult children want to help their parents um, as they think their parents helped them growing up. Um, that's that's a really big issue. A lot of times the financial and emotional support with the younger adult children, the mid middle age, uh, we, what we call emerging adults to middle age adult children may have their own career going, starting at least. They may be mid-career. They may have families of their own. Uh, and the stress of parents needing to lean on them, which would not be unusual, for the parents to need support from them emotionally, certainly, even sometimes financially, they help their parents find attorneys, financial specialists such as you, and so forth. And a lot of the middle age adult children start to, as, as actually the younger adult children do too, they start to question their ability to remain in a long term relationship, uh, saying things like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. If my parents couldn't make this relationship happen lifelong, why do I think I can? I mean, they raised me after all. Um, and then the pressures of maybe the parents pulling on them. Sometimes there are siblings. One supports mom, one supports dad, or dad and dad, mom and mom, whatever the gender 
maybe, um, then they start to have difficulty focusing, concentrating at work. They're pulled to maybe focus on their own children if they have children versus how can I balance all my time with mom, with my, mom, my, with my wife, the children, their needs, et cetera. Yeah, then, no, it's, it's obviously minors are legally defined as zero, zero to 18, mm -hmm. but the adult children of great divorce well, they can be from 19 to 60 something, really, yes. or, or, or yes. above that. So you've got this wide variety of people in various stages of life. And you're right, for the for the 19-year-old, the question may be, well, who's going to pay my college bills now? <laughs> right. Whereas um, for someone perhaps in their 50s, 60s, maybe even younger, they're looking at a potential role reversal in relationship to their parents, mm -hmm. where... They thought, well, mom's going to take care of dad when his memory fails. Well, now mom's gone. Mom's and you know she's not there to take care of to take care of him. And so, um, you know, the issue is uh, that puts additional pressure on the adult children. And talk about adult additional pressure on their marriage as well. I mean, you can you can see for a long lasting marriage of their parents, and then it ends. You can see adult children perhaps saying, well, what's the point? You know, if their marriage fails, this could happen to us too. Exactly. And a real key issue is that at all ages for the adult children to find a support system, because so often parents have been the support system, even for adult children at all ages. And, you know, there are a lot of support systems out there to help uh, the adult children help their parents if their parents are ill or aging. Uh, some, you know, if they're 50 year old parents, then hopefully they have, you know, better health and it's not as, as big a concern for health issues. But even a lot of adult children have concerns that one or both of their parents would be an easy mark for a con person, you know, if there's money from the, from the divorce or during the divorce, or there's a larger estate. And we know from the research and personal stories to the anecdotal stories, that these do happen, you know, these situations do happen where the vulnerable parent emotionally is also vulnerable financially. And right. so that's a big concern and talking with people like you uh, to, or their attorneys to realize that there are, there are people who can help, um, you know, older adult parents as well, caregivers, things like that. But it's a big load for an adult child to take on even when they want to do it. So remembering that a support system is really important to find. You know, it's a big load for them to take on. And the the divorcing parent should re really be aware of how to help their, 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 their children through this situation. But of course, many times they may be looking at it at at their new experience, their new position as an opportunity to rebuild a new life. And they're looking forward and they're not really appreciating the, the effect on, on their children. You, yes. you mentioned from a financial perspective, I think uh, there's, there's many areas where um, parents of, uh, of, of great, uh, great divorcing parents can help their adult children with respect to, you know, estate planning, Yes. changing the beneficiaries um, on their various um, um, retirement accounts or insurance 
policies, um, prenuptial agreements for mm-hmm. for new marriages, if there are new marriages happening here, um, and and elder care issues. You know, these are all important issues. Definitely, Carol. Is there a distinction between how gray divorce affects adult female children versus adult male children? Uh, yes. There's, well, there's a lot of anecdotal uh, experiences that those of us who work in this field can report. There's a little bit of research uh, that typically in industrialized countries, uh, well, and even non-industrialized, but uh, countries, women tend to be the, what we call the kinship keepers hmm. in uh, relationships. And so when the family uh, bonds break apart, uh, often the the mother is not in such a strong role to keep that going for various reasons. Uh, and so often it falls on the daughters, daughter or daughters, uh, if they're willing to try to organize the holidays and you know, maybe even family get-togethers, things like that, versus the sons. Uh, and again, the research in marriage shows that typically sons, when they marry, uh, become more involved in general with the wife's family than one than his own family. And so, let's say the son is going through his parents' great divorce, he would be in general. This is a generalization, less likely to step in. Uh, and try to keep the relationships, the familial relationships going. If they're grandchildren, then his children could be losing that contact with the grandparents more than if he has a sister, because again, in general, women are more the kinship keepers. And um, caretaking tends to default to the sisters uh, more than it does to the brothers. And so that would be another uh, issue to know about uh, for the differences. You know, that's fascinating what you said about the male adult children of gray divorce transitioning towards their wife's family. And I think what we're seeing there, I'm interested in your opinion, is that the wife often takes the the role as the social networker Mm -hmm. as the person who makes the plans. And it's funny that's happening to the adult children, but that also is an issue. And I've mentioned this many times on, on various podcast episodes and blogs, et cetera, is that for the parents going through gray divorce, there's often two types of penalties. There's lots of things going on, but there, there are kind of two key penalties And typically women face what's known as the economic penalty, Mm -hmm. typically experiencing a recent research shows a a 45% decline in standard of living after gray divorce versus a a 21% decline for men. But what men tend to experience is the social penalty and they're kind of, they've lost that for lack of a better term, social coordinator in their lives. That's one thing. Men, I think it's accepted that men find it a little bit more difficult to make male friends mm-hmm. than uh, than women uh, do making female friends. 
and they may be a, a little less uh, willing to uh, to share their emotions about uh, you know how they're how they're uh, experiencing uh, experiencing the divorce. So it's 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 fascinating how at both ends of the of the spectrum, um, the the male personality can tend to lead to his social isolate isolation from his children. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that the re- there is research to support that that during uh, during and after gray divorce, the fathers uh, suffer more from loss of the family members than the mothers do, partly because of that kinship issue that I mentioned earlier. And also because of what you were just sharing about women tend in general to be more the social organizers in families. And so the men suffer from depression and isolation. So it's something for the adult children to be aware of. And even gray divorce parents, you know, who listen to your podcast to be aware of too. Women are more likely to join support groups, uh, go to divorce recovery groups and so forth, even read books like, you know, my book, uh, Gray Divorce, um, whereas men are not. So there is that isolative issue for men that does affect physical health as well as mental health. So it's important to know. Definitely. And what you say is 100% true. I've been doing divorce workshops for six years now, and the ratio of attendees, female to male, is probably Mm -hmm. 10 to 1. Yes. By, by, By far the majority. Yes. Um, are female. And it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't mean to downplay the economic uh, impact of divorce on women. I would never do that. But what I think has been minimized because the research shows that but once you reach a certain economic level, happiness is ultimately determined by the quality of your relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So men are suffering on the social realm and it's 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 a very important it's a very important issue. Yes. You know, um, an- another issue, the, something that jumped out at me at the book in your book, which I thought was really, really interesting, it fascinated me, was in your chapter about family traditions and rituals. You know, divorce really throws a monkey wrench into if, if Thanksgiving wasn't stressful enough, yes, um, um, but and Christmas, but uh, now you've got you know the logistics of. Of of who's who to invite, who not to invite, who gets along with who, um, it can make it very uh, very awkward. You pointed to a tool that can help adult uh, older divorcing parents help adult children, and the tool is called divorce ceremony. And I thought this is fascinating. Can you tell me a little bit more about what a divorce ceremony is and how can it better help families? navigate through divorce, particularly with respect to traditions that might have existed in the family? Sure. What we know about rituals, I mean, think of religious and spiritual uh, rituals and funerals and, you know, weddings or rituals and graduations and birthday births and all of that. So what we know about rituals is they really support humans during transitions of, you know, pain or happiness, either one. And they've been around since cave people, (laughs) from what I've read, the research. And uh, I need, I want to give credit to the author of a book called Must We Say We Did Not Love, uh, which is the title of the book. And uh, I reference it in the book. And it's Dr. Monza Naff, N-A-F-F. It's available on Amazon. And when she, she's an adult child of divorce many, many years ago, she's retired now, 
is an English professor. And uh, she talks about that our society does not have a ritual for divorce. And wouldn't it be wonderful? And, and if people look on the internet, you will find some divorce ceremonies, divorce rituals, where the point is that if couples can celebrate what they did have, you know, they fell in love once, they had children, a lot of them, what could they celebrate the positives and acknowledge that this is a life transition? And many couples are doing that. It's certainly not the minority, uh, majority rather. Right. And they invite, you know, family, extended family, you know, community members, et cetera, and their adult children, sometimes grandchildren, that this is the passage in life. And especially the numbers in the gray divorce uh, debate, debate, bleh, sorry, gray divorce numbers are, is the highest divorce rate in industrialized countries now. So it deserves a ritual. And that's the point. And, and you're right, it is in the chapter about rituals and traditions and celebrations. It, it seems to me that I hope that this idea of divorce ceremony would catch on much as I like the kind of idea of the Irish wake after yes. after somebody passes um, to celebrate the life that somebody's had. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if they're if they've lived a good long life, let's celebrate it and and think about the people who who whose lives have been impacted, whose lives have been impacted by that person and celebrate it. I think uh, um, it's a terrific idea. But both uh, both are ways of dealing with life transitions, I think, in a in a positive forward thinking way. Right. And it can provide healing much as a celebration of life, as you said, that's becoming more popular than the traditional funerals. Right, celebration um, of life, right. right. Celebration of what they did do well. It doesn't have to be black and white, all bad. We have a, a lot of gray divorcees or soon to be gray divorcees listening to the podcast. What key piece of advice would you give to these parents to appreciate and, and help their adult children? Thank you. That's a great question. I would say absolutely number one, the research in the mental health field beyond gray divorce is that listening without judgment, without criticism is healing just by itself. If all the, the parents do is listen to what their adult children are saying, hear what they're experiencing, hear what they're saying their feelings are, and don't challenge them, don't judge them, don't tell them that they should feel differently because they're grown, so forth, on and on. Deeply listening is healing by itself. Secondly, if they can validate, you know, the, the parents aren't the adult children, obviously, and the adult children's experiences are different. different. If they can validate uh, what the children, adult children say they're feeling, thinking, experiencing, that can be healing too. Sometimes adult children pull away from their parents in gray divorce because they don't know what else to do, just as minor children often will. And so if that happens, reach out to your adult child and say, let's go to talk to a clergy. Let's go to, let's find a therapist. Let's go to a support group so that we can come back to what you were saying earlier, Andrew, what we know about the research, over 80 years worth of research, 
about the value of relationships to humans. We are social relationship animals and our relationships are, the research indicates, the number one indicator of our happiness and even our physical health. I mean, given that we aren't taking drugs or smoking or something like that, uh, our relationships are really, really important. Well, the issue is, of course, our mental health can lead to a degradation of our physical health because we yes. we inoculate ourselves with alcohol or drugs yes. or or whatever, which can lead to a, a vicious a vicious cycle. Yes. yes. For those parents who perhaps can't see the forest for the trees, what would you what would you say to the children whose adults are parents, the, the adult children? What what critical piece of advice would you give to the adult children of uh, of great divorces? So I would say some of what I said earlier is that you're not alone, that your voice matters, your feelings matter. Uh, even if there's no one around you right now that supports you to say what you're going through is valid, there is there is help, there is hope, there is healing. Uh, and the research shows, amazingly, that the majority of uh, adult children who are ali become alienated from their parents, they are the ones to reach out to their parents and ask, let's go to talk to a clergy person, counselor, try to work on a relationship, let's heal Let's not have this divorce affect all of our family relationships. It can affect three to four generations. So that's part of healing as well. Uh, and to hear again what I said, your voice matters, what you're feeling, what you're going through is valid because this is a major, major life change um, that deserves attention, uh, even though our culture is not giving it the attention it deserves. You know, that brings up, what you just said brings up very interesting subject. In my divorce workshops, I always emphasize that there is life after divorce. Mm -hmm. And it's often a better life because you're emerging from a situation that wasn't right for you. What you just said about the adult children helping their parents, helping is a key component to growth after trauma. Mm -hmm. And I can envision a situation that once the adult children have gone through this process, emerging potentially stronger for it. Yes. Yes. And there is research. What isn't there research about, right? There, there <laughs> is, is it good research? research right? Yes, it's good research that when we give, we do take. We get something back when we give. Um and neurochemically different, we secrete different neurochemicals when we give, uh, not obsessively, not denying ourselves, of course, but you make a really good point, Andrew, that giving and helping your parent within reason to help them in this transition can also help the adult children. And just to remember that our relationships, uh, one of uh, years ago, a psychiatrist who developed the um, attachment theory said, we live in relationships from the cradle to the grave and we can either, they can be healthy relationships or unhealthy. And we should always be striving within reason to make our relationships as healthy as possible uh, because that's true. We live in relationships. Well, that's a terrific way to end our conversation today, Carol. Um, 
I really appreciate your coming on the Great Divorce Podcast and and uh, sharing your your wisdom on an underappreciated subject. How can our listeners find out more about the work you do and potentially reach out to you? I would love that. I'd love to help in any way I can with referrals or whatever they may need. Um, the My divorce website is called Divorce Peacemaking, as in making peace, not war, dot com, divorcepeacemaking.com. And there's a, a, a form there where they can email me. You can also simply email me at all lowercase, no punctuation, dr, Dr. Carol, C-A-R-O-L, Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, at me, like maryelizabeth.com. I'm on LinkedIn too, Facebook and Instagram, Great Divorce. Please reach out. I'm happy to give you referrals or connect you in any way with resources that could help you and your family. Terrific. Thank you very much, Carol. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Gray Divorce Podcast. To learn more or get in contact with your host, you can visit Andrew's website at transcendretirement.net. Also, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Information provided is educational only and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Each situation is unique and should be discussed with your tax or legal advisor prior to implementation. Andrew Hatherley is not an attorney and does not provide legal advice. Information provided is financial in nature. Advisory services offered through Hatherley Capital Management, LLC. Divorce financial analysis services offered through Wiser Divorce Solutions, an affiliated company.